0: Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below and even feature here yourself if you've got what it takes.
1: Uh hi, are you here? Yeah. Okay, so I'ma pick tails. So, tails. So. Well, it looks like uh, I won.
2: Can we really trust that? Uh, can, can we get some? Yeah, yeah I, could, I, some I, I, get
1: I, I posted the evidence. Look.
3: Why you didn't click that until? I <laughs> no, I'm <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway uh, come on.
1: Okay, hi. go
2: all right uh so the proposition is that the individual should value national security o- over privacy for or against we are taking the side that national security public safety is uh rel- should be more relatively important to the individual and i think that this is pretty clear if we look at let's imagine a world in which there is no privacy and there is maximal public safety versus a world where there is no public safety versus maximal privacy One of these worlds, uh, the world with the public safety and no privacy, not the most fun world to live in, granted, because our our right to privacies aren't respected. We'll have some sort of totalitarian regimes with some panopticon viewing us at all times. Uh, This is not optimal. However, because we still have public safety, we're still able to live lives that, you know, we have our family members are taken care of. We have no immediate threats to our safety. It seems like a far preferable society than the other world where, although we can keep our secrets hidden, Uh, and we do have the, the respect of privacy and we don't feel eyes over our shoulder, we feel like we are constantly at risk We feel like our family members are being terrorized by terrorist attacks because there is no public safety in that world. So we're not saying that privacy is not important. All we need to do to uh, win this proposition is to prove that uh, relative to privacy, public safety is more important. And I think that if you disagree with this, perhaps you might you might disagree on this on account of being a sociopath that doesn't care about the people around you and their lives and their fear of pain and terror. You could totally do that. However. I would argue that uh, under most conditions where we have empathy for those around us, where we have the value of ourselves not enduring the terror of such a state where our public order and public safety are undermined, we should vote uh, on our side of the proposition.
0: That is okay. about a minute and 50 seconds. Okay, so um, I, I guess
3: the way or... Or I, Can I get? <laughs> What is it? I just go. I mean,
1: I don't know. No, it's you. You guys's turn. He did the two minutes.
4: Okay. Okay. Um. So I guess the way the way that I would probably open is by saying that I think that the way that this entire argument has been framed is a little bit of a false dichotomy because I don't think that the invasion of privacy is strictly necessary in order to ensure national security. Um. I think that there are ways of investigating and preventing uh crimes or terrorism from recurring without invading the privacy of individuals i also think that many of the the methods that uh organizations take like
0: what uh oh i'm pausing the clock
3: chris you like no i can't hear you at all
0: if you're talking like you lit up gonna... but i can't hear you i'm gonna take like five seconds off of
2: that Just got killed by terrorists. I can like. Pick
1: up. Yeah, I think his. Uh, Internet died. king is turning green, but I can't hear him.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. So I'll just quickly take over. Well, I'll mute Nano just in case he comes back and starts speaking. Um. The key phrase here in the in the in the uh, proposition uh, under consideration is to the individual, which I'd like you all to take a moment to consider. If it were phrased differently, such as for the community or the society or even the family, then I think it, you know you could make an argument that uh, public safety or national security might be more important. But to the individual, it seems to me that privacy would be paramount because privacy is equivalent to freedom. If you don't have privacy, there is no way for you to exercise the freedom to think what you want. Is that it? That's my opening bit, yeah. Do they have a
1: they left?
0: Yeah, they've got about a minute left.
2: You cut okay. kinda... it. It does like he's oh, back.
4: Mine's not shoot itself. Um, yeah. How much did he hear? Not much. <laughs> God damn it! On, I guess I'll go next time.
3: No, no, no. I, you've got um, a
4: minute if you want to add anything. Okay, okay. Um I don't know. I I couldn't hear what was said. I could only just reconnect it. Um so what I so was saying with that?
3: Um, I'll, I'll
4: just read quickly. So I think that the the in the invasion of privacy is not necessary to ensure national security. I think that there are other avenues that we can take. Um and obvi- obviously there will have to be some concessions in terms of privacy, but I don't think it should just be all out privacy or national security. And I also think that a lot of the uh, paths that organ- security organisations and government organisations take to try and ensure national security at the sake of privacy can actually make the problem worse, such as when government organisations try and backdoor encryption algorithms, not only can this be used by government organisations to circumvent the privacy of the individuals of this country, but that it can also be used by uh, nefarious actors for nefarious purposes, and that can actually make national security worse
0: all right, that's about two minutes. So it goes back to Height and Ava.
1: Okay, I want to go. Okay, so and Height, you can go after me, but I'm right. good now. So. Um, I'm really glad that Insink brought up the point that like the way the proposition is phrased, it actually depends on the individual. And uh, I'm glad he brought it up so that I don't have to introduce it. But yes, I do agree that it is a consideration and a dilemma for the individual. So I would like to present a, a situation where like if I as an individual or you as an individual or anybody came across some information that would potentially jeopardize the safety and well-being of the people that you live with, your fellow countrymen and maybe your family and friends, Would you then not be making a decision of what is more important to you, that is violating your own privacy and handing over this information to whoever could keep people around you safe? Or would you then be exercising the liberty that I see in anti-maskers right now, talking about their rights and their freedoms and jeopardizing Everybody around them by not wearing a mask. I don't think that that kind of assessment is separate from the assessment you would be making as a person when it came to deciding whether the well-being of those around you is more important than maybe in certain instances uh, giving up this so-called freedom to exercise your own thoughts and freedom to act on your own thoughts.
2: Yeah. yeah and, uh, and, uh, how have. Oh, how much time do we have? About fifty seconds. Oh yeah, and to Nano's point uh, that says, yeah, there are other ways to secure public safety without violations of privacy. I don't believe that it's part of the proposition that we should have to defend breaches of uh, national security any more than it should be for the other side to have to uh, uh, defend, you know, breaches on, on on their side. We're we're talking about these positive things, public safety on one hand, and privacy on the other hand. Uh, and when we're talking about, you know, the instinct talked about. Thoughts and privacy for thoughts being necessary for the freedom of thoughts. Number one, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think there's some hive mind uh, chads in this server that would say that you know you could have your thoughts be shared by a number of people without limiting their their freedom. Uh, but I would also say that when you have. Uh, uh you know f- absolute f- uh, freedom to to think that's that's great but it's not more important than the empathy which is also part of the individual at least for most people maybe not sociopaths but most individuals have that empathy so if you share that value then i think that you should still as the individual prioritize public safety over privacy that's two minutes
3: Okay, so um, just to address what um, Hyde said initially, right? He gave a, a, a really quite an uncharitable dichotomy where he said, "Well, you have two possible. Well, let's consider two possible world, worlds, right? Where you have one that has maximum privacy but uh, unstable or insufficient public safety, and the other one where you have uh, no no privacy basically, but maximum public safety, right?" Um, you called that not optimal, honestly. The no privacy, maximum public safety. That sounds like living. It sounds like living as pets to a superior caste. That's what it sounds like to me, because you're essentially saying, well, you know, if the uh, if the dictators do actually keep you safe, then the fact that you don't get any freedom, get yeah, I guess that's cool. I don't really agree with that. Um it doesn't even seem to me that it is one or the other because obviously you can there are methods as nano said of preserving public safety while preserving privacy and i want to also say that voluntary uh like vo- like if you voluntarily uh contribute information to some kind of investigation that's completely different to a a totalitarian top-down surveillance state which is actually what we're talking about in the context of the proposition because the way that governments compromise privacy to preserve national security or public safety typically is by like systematically invading the privacy of its citizens in a way where it's not a choice of should I contribute this information that the authorities want to know it's a matter of you don't they have the fact as soon as you get the information they not only know what you learned but they know that you learned it so for instance if it's something that is let's say it's something that compromises the government right it makes them look bad maybe you disappear and maybe that's good for national security.
0: That's pretty much two minutes. So back you to I
1: go first one. I can go.
2: All right. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I already kind of said earlier that you know, first of all, the the possible worlds experiment. You know, this is meant to tease out your intuitions. I I, I think that both of those worlds are obviously suboptimal because they're each missing things that we value we don't have to you know say that privacy is not you know f- great for an optimally functioning society in order to, to win our proposition we just have to prove that you know relative to uh, uh you know privacy public safety should be seen as more important to the individual which is what that uh is meant to tease out when when we're talking about uh and i think that it's interesting because nano you made the point that you know we We can get uh, national security and we can get these public safety interests upheld without violations of privacy. And I totally agree. We're not meant to, you know, if to the extent that you think that we're trying to defend programs that needlessly invade your privacy and do not give some sort of uh, commensurate benefit to public safety we are not talking about that at all i'm glad that you recognize that but that that does seem to conflict with instinct's point which he's trying to say that you know these violations of privacy i believe are uh, are going to happen if we do prioritize uh, this i i think that we need both of these Uh, But we need to look at the balancing act between them. And I think that the Possible Worlds experiment uh, is one intuition teaser in order to show the primacy of national security for those individuals that have empathy and also have a vested interest in their own continued well-being without the terror of uh, terrorist attacks being visited upon them. Uh, How much time do we have left? David, if you want to take it, if not, I can uh, start introducing another point.
0: Got 25 seconds
1: i want to take the 25 seconds and just say that like calling out heights opening statement as uncharitable and then interpret inter like taking my example as a dictator dictatorship is just like not very based i'm
0: done All right. so i guess that goes back to in sync and know, yeah. what was the other guy's name nano if
3: I, if I take it now or do you wanna
0: uh you can i guess Yep. So, um,
3: no, I wasn't interpreting your example, Ava, as a dictatorship. I said that is what it is in the context of the proposition, because that is the typical way in which privacy is compromised uh, in order to prioritise national security and public safety, is that it compromises the liberty of the individual. Because if you don't have the privacy to think and say what you like, which is essentially what compromising privacy means, then there's a, there's a certain, like... Instability to your ability to authentically express yourself. Anna?
4: Yeah, and I think in in regards to um, the totalitarian state thing, you, you you briefly touched on it earlier. Where if you if you hold views which are unpopular with the state, or, or say the state like begins to overstep its position in society and like is doing things that you don't agree with, if you if you have no possible way of like. Organizing with other people or like even communicating the topic, if you just like, if if you have like, if the state knows exactly what you're doing, it becomes almost impossible for you to organize any kind of counter movement to address the problems that are beginning to occur in society. So, like, while while the state is doing its job perfectly and not infringing on the rights or liberties of the citizens, it's not so bad. But as soon as it starts to shift that, that you don't have any real method of correcting that imbalance short of a like
0: mass overthrow of the surveillance state. Do you have anything else to add in sync? You got about 30 seconds.
3: <clears throat> uh, yeah sure. One of the other things I'd like to say is that um One of the other reasons that this is obviously a bad idea, uh, you know, invading privacy and that kind of thing for national security and public safety is that this has actually been done in the past historically. And national security and public safety have, in many countries, been used as buzzwords for all sorts of things that... to justify all sorts of things that uh, the citizens, if they understood the details of the plan, would never support. Um, One example, although this isn't a privacy example, is uh, America used... America used those exact words to justify the invasion of Iraq, the occupation of foreign lands under the justification that it preserved their national security when actually it did no such thing. They were lying.
2: All right. Yes. So so first off, I'd like to address the this. I mean, I, I felt like throughout a common between both NaNo's and uh, statements, they they make it seem as though we have to defend uh, some sort of dictatorship or some something along those lines. Uh, uh, number one, uh, they they say yes, this is uh, breaches of privacy in the name of public safety are usually cashed out at the societal level. Well, these can also be cashed out at the individual level as well. When you know somebody perhaps has uh, some sort of weapon or something, but you know we have these rights uh, to privacy that we say, hey, we don't want to infringe on that, so we we don't have uh, a right to search and seizure or whatever. You can also have breaches of public safety in the name of privacy at the individual level. Perhaps you would have a terrorist who has some sort of plan for, or some sort of bomb or something like that. And then we have an individual that says, wait, I don't want to search this individual because that might invade their um, privacy. So if we want to make the debate about trying to justify various different breaches of both of these different concepts, I don't think we're going to get very far. I do think that we can illustrate which one of these is probably worse, which is what my original opening argument was pointing towards, because the risk of infringing on privacy, I think, vastly uh, you know, are lower than the risks of infringing upon the public safety i also want to address nano's point of saying hey if there's uh no privacy you have no way to organize to overthrow a government again he's kind of presupposing that we have some sort of dictatorial government or something like that or some sort of deleterious government he did phrase his uh, frame his uh much uh more succinctly and more accurately though to talk about how these are tendencies that governments tend to have at the same time uh, 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 yeah uh at the same time when you do have a organization or organizing against a, a tyrannical government uh you can also posit a government that preserves both public order and uh, uh privacy and in, in this sense you know there's really nothing gained uh no reason to overthrow but if you look at a society where there is uh you know risk of public safety it's, that's going to make it radically difficult to overthrow the government as well if you have a uh you know a police state that's crippled even once you seize the means of uh you know steering it you're going to be subject to whatever public safety threats whether it be foreign or domestic that you're going to face anyway uh so so um
3: the thing though i mean i don't it seems to me obvious that yes you're defending a totalitarian or a dictatorship A totalitarian society or a dictatorship because that is the inevitable conclusion of a widespread lack of privacy and in my mind the potential risks of terrorism seem minuscule relative to the risk of compromising privacy because compromising privacy compromises liberty directly Privacy is the fulcrum that upon which liberty pivots. And in the absence of privacy, freedom is a fever dream. There's nothing to it. If you don't have the privacy to think things that are not in the interest of the state, then how can you have the freedom to do such a thing? Right? I don't understand how that works. I mean, we can take... Uh, Some fictional examples, for instance, 1984 and Brave New World, where, you know, the distinction between what counts as crime and what counts as thought crime, that it's sort of like, Mm. disappears. One of the reasons for that is that, well, we already have something which is called conspiracy to commit a crime, right? And that is, you know, you have to actually... You actually actually have to have actively undertook efforts to organise yourself to commit this crime, or you have to record some evidence of your thoughts that you're planning to do it. Right? But if we had no privacy, right, then there would be there would be no uh, like distinction between thinking about committing a crime and having a conspiracy to do such a thing, because a thought is a precursor to action.
4: Do I have time to make a point?
0: You have 30 seconds.
4: Okay, one, one other point that I would like to make is that it often, if, if, if it's not done properly, um, the invasion of privacy by the state can actually negatively impact public safety. Because, like, it has happened in the past where, like, the like, o- government organizations which are surveilling the citizens have not properly encrypted or, like, secured the data that they have collected about their citizens, and third parties have gotten access to all of the data on these people and that can have a like strong negative impact because now these individuals can be directly targeted by nefarious parties.
0: That is two minutes.
1: Okay, so I'm just going to say something real quick here. I think that there's some kind of misunderstanding about what you guys are inferring, because Nano on one hand is saying that like it is possible to ensure national security without having overly inv- invasive privacy laws and like are the non-existence of privacy laws. And while Hyde uh, said before that we completely agree, and I'm saying now that yes, I do completely agree. Then if we are affirming that we agree with that, then I don't think how that actually is like a conclusion that we are advocating for for like a totalitarian uh, um, form of government. What we are trying to say is that because the uh, motion has been framed in the framework of an individual, that um, when it comes down to a person and the role that they would play in um, ensuring uh national security over like preserving their own liberty or freedom of thought or like the freedom or liberty to exercise that's thought national security would take precedence and someone earlier talked about terrorism and i want to talk about like a a terrorist event that happened in the country i'm from where the government was not able to actually intervene and uh, acquire information about a suspect who later on when and like blew up a hotel and and hundreds of people died and it was a coordinated terrorism event in three different cities in a country where so many people died and that actually affected the way that we lived for the next year or two years or five years it was a traumatic event for literally everybody and I think that when it comes down to something like that, yeah, personal liberty should be sacrificed to save like people around you and to protect people around you. It's the reason you wear a mask in a pandemic, and it's a reason you wear a seatbelt when you drive.
0: If if you have anything else to add, height, you got twenty seconds.
2: Uh, you know, no, yeah, you can just go to the other side. I'll I'll need more time to say anything substantive. All
0: right. So in sync, Nano, whichever wants to go first.
3: Nano.
4: Uh... Yeah, I'm just trying to formulate my thoughts.
3: <laughs> All right. I mean, um. I'll just quickly say what I typed in in the chat room. Um, there's no misunderstanding. The thing is, I affirmed also what Nano said about it being a matter of balance, that of course you can preserve national security without compromising privacy, right? But what I said is that when, when privacy is eroded, it leads to an unimpeachable state.
0: All right, that took about 15 seconds.
4: Yeah. And I think that when, like, if if you were to like, when, when we were, uh, the, re- the reason I took the previous framing was cause I was sort of running off the hypothetical, that height post at the start where you have like one extreme or the other extreme and like the one in, in one extreme, it's a shit situation, but you do have some avenues to try and correct it in the other extreme. Like there's basically nothing that you can do. Um, like short of, like trying to somehow organize a rebellion and overthrow the state while they are intentionally censoring and disrupting you because they know exactly what you're thinking and planning, um, th- there's not really a good way forward. And so like it, at least, at least if there's no pot, like if, if you, if you don't have the national security, you, you can still at least try to defend yourself. Like you, if they're like terrorists or foreign invaders like there there are still steps that you as an individual can take but once you defer all of that
0: responsibility to the state
4: like if they don't do a good job you're screwed
0: do you have anything else to add and say you got Uh, about 30 seconds
3: 30 seconds okay um Yeah, I mean, so just to, just to take a more balanced view, right, I'll stop talking about the totalitarian idea uh, briefly. Um, the, I think that this issue is about maintaining a tenuous balance between privacy and therefore freedom and allowing the state enough power to explore threats and deal with them effectively but no more power than is necessary to do that. They should not take any more privacy from us than is absolutely necessary. And I think that most democratic countries do a pretty good job of this. I think prioritizing national security more than we already do doesn't make a lot of sense. That is
0: dead at two minutes.
2: All right. So, yeah, uh, I would I'd like to start off by saying, you know, we're not talking about we should increase national security relative to we have it now. We can recognize that there might even be cases, especially in America, maybe where, you know, national security is conceived as too much of an interest. Uh, but we're we're not arguing for that. We're looking at which of these two things is more important, uh, national security or uh, privacy, which is what this, this whole, you know, uh, different possible worlds thing was supposed to tease out when we talk about uh, thought crime uh, leading to crime which leads to erosion of the state uh, I think that we already responded to that by saying that you know if you also have a society where there's no public safety you know these societies uh, you know public some reasonable expectation of public safety is necessary for society, societies to form even the most libertarian conceptions of government say that you know yeah the government needs to at least protect people and uh, property and stuff like that so in order for these governments to even form coherently in the first place we need some reasonable guarantee that they'll contribute to public safety so we won't even get these sorts of societies on uh, if uh, in this world ru- uh, ruled by privacy where there's the no public. Right. I'll, I'll i'll see the rest of my time to ava
1: okay um so i just wanted to start off by saying that i think nano correct me if i'm wrong but you made uh, the kind of argument that like if you start giving up these like um you're in liberty to like ex- okay, hang on, your liberty to exercise your own privacy, then you get screwed. But I mean, if somebody sets off a bomb, then you also get screwed. And then you start asking the moral question of like, which is more important, like uh, potentially leading to like a corrupt system of government or like death. And then you go into the weird area of morality and then trying to judge one life against the other. And the two other points that I wanted to make is to sort of introduce two more arguments, which is that like uh, the debate about like, national security uh has been something that has been going on for a long time and i think given the current like political international climate where you have so many different uh nation states exercising their own different forms of government it becomes sort of essential for your own government to make sure that you are safe from any malicious or ill intent from somebody else from you know that are an external threat again i'll cite an example of where like uh china has been approaching. Can I finish my sentence?
0: Yep. I mean, you're in charge of this thing. (laughs) Do it. Do it.
1: Okay, where where China has been encroaching slowly on uh, the border of like um, India's northeast uh, territories, and they've been setting up const- like not concentration camps, but like military camps, and trying to slowly claim ter- land as their own. And I think that is a threat to like national security because there are so many citizens who live out there whose lives are being jeopardized. And if the state didn't intervene and sort of like try to track people on the inside of the country who are trying to aid a malicious foreign uh, military then there would be a lot more deaths and a lot more loss of life and general negative um, effects on everybody involved okay i'm done
0: all Fairly. right sync,
4: so i think one point that you mentioned china and i think that that is a good example of what can occur once the state prioritizes uh national security over privacy like if like you you, once once they have a surveillance system in place they can use that for things other than national security and like uh, if if the reason that it was put in place was supposed to be national security i feel like that is uh quite an overstep of what it could be and what like there are lots of countries around the world that will prioritize privacy um as like an important right and they they are not particularly at risk of invasion or terrorist attacks like i don't i don't think that the the invasion of privacy is even necessary to ensure national security and so like when when you are saying like national security is more important than One privacy like i don't see why it has to like when 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 uh when why are, can't we have both? Yeah, basically, like when, when there are negative, <laughs> when when there are negative consequences to infringing on people's infringing on people's privacy, um, and you don't need to do that to ensure national security. I don't see why you can't prioritize the benefits of privacy over national security because they're not mutually exclusive.
0: Any time left. You have about 35 seconds.
3: Oh, cool. Um, So I just want to uh, reiterate the thing that Nana said to begin with uh, and expand on a little bit, which is that once the government has this information, once you've given them the power to collect this information and they have it, there is absolutely no effective way whatsoever to ensure that it is only used for the purpose for which they said they were going to use it when they got your permission to gather it. And that that means that later on, they could use it to oppress you and there would be nothing you could do about it.
0: That's two minutes.
1: Uh, okay, so I'm going to go first, and I'm going to address some uh, examples that Nano gave me. Um, so I think that a part of the argument that Nano presented by putting up China as an example is, uh, I think we both clarify that we both want like a sort of balanced approach. And I think the nuance in our arguments is that we're sort of saying that when it comes down to like, uh when it comes down to the line i think national security should be prioritized so if you put china as an example china is the opposite of the view that both of us have been presenting because china is completely totalitarian and we already mutually agreed to dismiss any totalitarian examples so i am going to discredit that because i have been providing moderate examples of india right and how a moderate country like india is suffering from a a totalitarian country who does not respect uh, other people's uh, national security outlook and who has malicious intent. And if you want, we can move on to more moderate countries with moderate stances on this matter. Like we can take any country uh, in South Asia, like Bangladesh, who also had this problem with their, uh, with their second neighbor, which is like one country removed, with Pakistan who tried to pull something one similar along their borders.
2: Uh, uh, I, yeah, uh, along Ava's lines, I I mean we're we're trying to make these positive arguments that for the relative importance of national security to privacy. You obviously we're not defending, you know, infringements upon national security any more than the other side is defending infringements on privacy as being justified. I think that's a nonsensical way to construe the proposition. Uh so let me let me go ahead and take a psychological uh um, method. I mean we we've there's something that you know Maslow's hierarchy needs is trying to get at when he puts all of these different basic needs at the bottom. We don't have to use that hierarchy if that would be unpreferable. We can use like Jack Michaels, who is the, uh, one of the pioneers of ABA, the skinnerian field of behavior analysis, uh, where he talks about unconditioned motivating operations like aversion to pain or uh, you know trying to evade pain or trying to secure shelter, food, all these different things uh, as being unconditioned motivating operations, which are pr- uh, have psychological primacy for the individual so when we're talking about public safety which secures these unconditioned motivating operations of greater importance than the conditioned motivating uh, uh, operation of privacy that's what we're we're saying is also another positive argument for the psychological primacy of public safety
0: okay, okay so, so who's who started was it in sync or uh, was it in no i I, I, started. I,
1: started. I started i started Yeah. okay
0: then um then I think it's fair that InSync and NaNo be given one more reply, and then you guys move to closing statements.
1: Yeah,
3: sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back a little bit and address something you guys said last time, because I didn't get a choice chance before, because NaNo spoke first. And I want to repeat something that I said earlier, just before I do that, which was privacy is the fulcrum, that upon which liberty pivots, And in the absence of privacy, freedom is a fever dream. So I think that in my mind, right, a free society where bad things sometimes happen is way better than an unfree one where you are completely safe. Again, this is the pets of a superior caste idea. Right? And I think, as Nana said, there are man, many non-privacy invading strategies, many strategies that completely preserve the privacy of the individual, that allow the state and to investigate bad actors and what they might be doing. And like, There are many examples of this where like, we already do this, where the individual doesn't have their privacy unduly infringed upon, and yet we are able to catch and persecute people who would do bad things. I also want to say, like, once privacy has been violated and liberty liberty therefore lost, however could it be recovered? Any attempt to recover it, even the very thought of such an effort, would not be tolerated by any self-respecting state or society.
0: One minute left.
3: As soon as as they know that you don't support the state, you become unfavorable as as a citizen. And I, I want to repeat what I said before, which is, what's to stop a black man from coming to your house and disappearing you?
4: Also, I have a point to uh, like address what Ava said about discrediting using China as an example. Um, so, I think that China is actually a good example of a country which prioritises national security over privacy. And it's like one of the few that actually properly takes that to the, the full extent. And you said, wh- why don't we look at a more uh, moderate example and then listed several countries which do not prioritise national security
0: over privacy. All right, that's a minute and forty-eight. I I, I doubt either of you want to have uh, ten seconds to make one final point. So I guess uh, it would be a good no, idea okay. to move on to.
4: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm good.
0: I don't have anything else. All right, then uh, I guess that they'll move on to closing statements. Since Ava Since and Height opened first, they'll go first,
2: followed by Insync and Nano all right are these two minutes or three minutes three minutes all right so yeah the the proposition that the individual should consider public safety more as more important relative to privacy i think has been very well defended by this uh, side of the team uh we've talked about how if you take both of these worlds in isolation i think that the the opposing side made a valiant effort at trying to espouse the you know great things that come with privacy, but I, I think that they've uh, strategically omitted all of the terrors visited upon uh, the, the world uh, that does not have uh, public safety, which I think we've argued forcefully for, if you think about this in your intuitions, you'll, you'll see that you, we will commonly make concessions to uh, privacy in the, in the nature of national security, because we do feel that that is uh, more uh beneficial to the fostering of soci- societies in fact we've argued that it is necessary for the fostering societies and that it is also psychologically uh primary uh we've also argued that uh, when you have uh, individuals that do uh, you know infringe upon one of these uh, sides in the- uh, case of the other, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the relative importance of these two different things. Uh, I would also say that you know one reason why we tend to you know espouse liberty, uh, liberty in form of privacy, is that you know we already have recognized via the formation of these societies and that seek to secure public safety as like their most important goal. Even the most libertarian of uh, philosophers like Nozick would admit that we've already acknowledged that uh, you know that safety is there. Otherwise, when that safety is compromised, we get philosophers like Hobbes who writes leviathan because he sees the absolute terror that happens when public safety is not maintained uh right, i don't want right. to take about uh, about a minute. all right all right about a minute
0: and 20 left uh, on the clock
1: okay okay so i i just want to add on to some of the points that Hyde made um he did talk about like happiness and like uh the psychological impacts of like not having national uh national security prioritized and like, uh, I would just like to invoke the, uh, argument here that when you don't like, yes, they did say it, like the opposition did say that, like, uh, a free world in which, uh, bad things happen sometimes, uh, is much better than a world in which you're not free. Um, right. I, I think it was what Insing said. Oh, and um, you're
3: completely safe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And completely safe. Thank you. Um. I would just want to say that, like, uh, to I think to exercise your freedom in any sort of way, I think I, I think you need to be uh, first of all alive and thriving and be able to lead uh, a life where you don't have to um, where you don't have to worry about the fact that your country or your government is not going to protect your well being, and secondly, um, because this uh, proposition comes down to it being. Uh, something of like an individual decision, I would say that like if we look through and okay sorry, Nana also put forward that I didn't put forward moderate countries and I actually did because uh, these uh, countries do actually prioritize national security over your privacy when it when push comes to shove because when I, the terrorism argument that I did put forward uh, that happened in India after that incident, they actually revised laws to make it so that that doesn't happen again. And the happiness index has been rising because of the fact, I mean, it is a contributing factor in of the happiness index of the country that individuals feel safer and they do not feel constantly jeopardized by uh, neighboring countries with malicious intent. Yeah.
4: Okay, um, I Sorry, guess I no, would. No. I would like to close Um, by mentioning that I think all parties on both sides agree that national security should be a priority. But since um, invasion of privacy is not a prerequisite of ensuring national security, I think that you should prioritise maintaining privacy over national security, because then you can have the best of both worlds. Um, If you just focus on national security at the expense of privacy, then you get the benefits of national security but you lose out on a lot more that you would otherwise not lose out on. And so when trying to decide how to maintain your balance, I think that you should focus on maintaining the privacy and liberties of the individual in the country, and then make concessions to that prioritization where absolutely necessary, because then it prevents things from either escalating or spiraling out of control, or it prevents, the information gathered from being used for other purposes or being leaked to uh, external nefarious actors when it's not secured properly. Um, and so I think that overall, especially if 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 the agencies involved start including backdoors and stuff to to maintain absolute like sort of surveillance over everything, that that can also be used for nefarious purposes, not only by external actors but also within the government that is surveilling the people. There can be bad actors within the government itself. And if you don't have privacy, if you don't have privacy, then you can't really try and address those issues.
3: Okay, Um, so I would say we do, as Hyde said, commonly make concessions. Yes, but exactly as he said, this is verbatim for the fostering of societies. That's the reason. And since the proposition is framed as to the individual, uh, I would disagree with the second thing you said, which is that it's psychologically primary. Although we are social animals, I would definitely contest the idea that it's psychologically primary uh, to, to prioritise national security over your own privacy. Um, to respond to Ava, uh, she said that we have to be alive and thriving. Alive, I mean obviously, the, <laughs> I think everybody would agree there. Thriving? Definitely not. You can exercise many, many avenues of freedom without being thriving. That doesn't really... Makes sense to me. Uh, and the last thing that I ever said was that, you know, it contributes to the, uh, like, h- health, uh, no, happiness index, is that what it was? I, I don't fucking know. Anyway, uh, yeah, it do- of course, national security and not dying and all that crap contributes to your fucking happiness. Just like privacy does.
0: All right. Uh, there are about 20 seconds left if either of you yeah, want to say and not something. Not only does, yeah,
4: so privacy, uh, so national security does contribute to uh, happiness, but so does the ability to think and speak without fear that everything that you say and do is being recorded, and like you have to like censor yourself and not really express yourself just in case your views that you espouse are unpopular. Facts.
3: All right, that's three minutes. Alright, so there's a vote, I guess?
1: Yeah, I'll post it. Hang on, I'm just making a meme right now.
3: Ava, stop cheating!
1: No, hang on. You you can can post
0: your meme after the poll. We never said that bribes were not allowed.
3: She's already done it! Oh, this is terrible, bro. She's cheating. Fuck. Uh, You know, next time, next time we do an event like this, Ava, I'm going to have Jamie Yeti making the (laughs) meme while we're arguing. You're going to get fucking wrecked.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to post the poll. Hang on, hang on.
3: Jamie, don't do it Don't do it to me, Jamie.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm making the poll. Don't yell at me.
3: I was yelling at Jamie because he betrayed me.
1: <laughs> That's because he's a lamey.
3: That's true. Oh, I'm in the next one as well, bro.
1: Oh, that one? It's on the U, so I'm going to scrap it.
3: No, no, I wrote notes. What one is it?
4: <laughs> What's the topic?
1: Okay, the poll's posted.
3: Um, the topic is... the genetic one. Um, modern medicine supports the persistence of bad genes in the human gene pool, thus exposing the human race to a weakened genetic makeup. <laughs> I, have, I have a counterpoint. This one like low as fuck quality meme, makes me laugh more than any of the others.
2: of to a top quality meme I, th-
1: I think it was really funny that all of us are like centrists and we're just like, let's let's LARP as extremists, right? And then every time we started being like that, we were just like, no, 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 hang on. Let me, let's rein it in. Let's rein it in.
0: You could go like full fascist about it and just go like nothing will challenge the state and its security. You know, you've given me the most ideal
3: excuse ever, Ava. I can just claim that if you win, you won because of memetic warfare. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and, and then I would say that like this is my event and that's fine, that, that's in the rules.
3: That's cheating.
1: No, no oh, that's not,
2: smart. it's in the rules. It's cheating. Are yeah. it's I
3: think the it? best thing to say would be, it's not in the rules. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> we, we, <laughs> should, we, yeah. we should make some memes about being a pet of the
0: state. See,
1: <laughs> this is, this is the, the result is this debate summarized. <laughs>
0: Oh fuck! Wait a minute. I have a meme for this. It's
1: Pretty good, to be honest. I think that I think this was a good debate. I think so.
0: I enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, me too.
1: I have been here two hours.